Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Hello, everyone. Welcome yet again to another exciting episode of the Thinking Reimagined podcast. I am Nifa Miyokunsoye. Friday's International Motherhead Day, and attention is yet again turned to the planet in which we live. It's quite amazing because we're busy with politics, economy, and quite a number of other uh, germane issues to talk about in Nigeria. But um, it's also important that we pay attention to where we live, growing concerns about population, loss of biodiversity, depleting quality of the environment, the quality of air that we're breathing, uh, amongst quite a number of other things. Um, so I'm joined uh, on this particular one by a renowned environmental analyst. Um, also, I have a youth activist, a future Sobeo joining us on this particular conversation. So I'm just going to quickly introduce them to you. Mr. Kintude Dissu is the founder of POP Beach Club, a social enterprise based in Lagos, Nigeria. Thank you so much for finding time to join us on this one, Mr. Dissu. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Glad to be here. Olufunso Kenny, good to see you again. Kenny is a youth activist and who also joins us from work at this hour. Mavina Olisa, good to see you, Mavina. Thank you for finding time to join us as well. Thank All you. Right, so next up, I'd like to begin with Kelvin. Uh, perhaps you can talk to us about how much attention we're paying to the earth, uh, given the fact that we have quite a number of things to think and talk about. Um, do you agree with that? Well, I would have to speak from a global south perspective. You know, we in the global south, we are not all that concerned with the atmosphere or the climate or the environment or the planet as a whole, because we have other issues that we are, you know, will I say contending with at the moment, like developmental issues, security, and a host of other things, but then these things should not, you know, uh, uh, take priority because the planet that we live in is also something that should be prioritized because if there's no place to live, then there is no place to develop. So we should actually pay a lot of attention to the atmosphere, to the planet that we live in, but then because of a host of other things, we are actually not paying attention. That could be it, or it could be a case of ignorance. Maybe we are not so aware of the importance of the planets. Or we, we, we as a people have lived on planet Earth for like thousands of years. And we're like, this is the way it has always been. You know, we would be here thousands of years from now. But that's not true, actually. If you don't do something about what's going on, we will not be here thousands of years from now. So, Absolutely. I, I agree with you. Olisa, as a future surveyor, you'll probably be working a lot with the Earth. How much um, significance is this observance to 
uh, your study and how much um, conversation are you guys having around it, particularly in school? Well, um, of a truth, we are not really giving much attention to the earth itself. In as much as we are doing surveying and doing informatics, it's more like trying to find precise positions and um, create um, bring out lens and points precisely and accurately on, on the earth. But the earth itself is not really being spoken about. We are just trying to get to know the earth more, get to like in, in the aspect of hydro survey where we get to uh, survey the seabed, the seabed and get to know how undulating it is. So the earth itself is not really giving that much attention. Um, pollution is everywhere, noise pollution, CO2 maintain, the, the, the production of it is too much every day. And the awareness is low. We Nigerians, we don't give much, much attention to that. And, and as surveyors, we, I, don't, I don't think Nigeria here, we, we, we talk about that. We don't even have a, okay, yes, we have a day to plant trees every year. Yes, we have a day to plant trees every year to aid for... Um, to reduce the greenhouses. Yes, we, we do that, to celebrate that. I think I was part of that last year. So apart from that, I don't think we have any other thing to, to help in helping the earth. We don't even have seminars. We don't have, no, I don't think. No. Maybe it's not an emergency yet. At least you have a tree behind you. I can hear the birds chirping. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, perhaps, Mr. Disu can help us understand the challenges, perhaps um, the main challenges that we are being faced uh, uh, with the earth. This is Nigeria. This is this is Lagos, where I believe most of us are talking from. And when the rains come in, it's always a very big concern, particularly for those on the island. We don't usually connect that easily with issues with climate change and you know what we are doing, what our habit is really contributing to a lot in that regard. Perhaps Mr. Disu can help us understand that better. Um, from, I'm glad you said um, Lagos State because it is very important for us in Lagos State to understand that we will bear the brunt of climate change rises. And the current protocols um, are set for us to achieve certain um, benchmark um, criteria by the year 2050. And it is and, go, and um, Lagos State government has signed up to most of all these um, 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 protocols, and it is how we achieve them. You know, everything is going to change, and it's going to change really fast. If you notice, you, it has already started changing. The storms this year are a lot worse than we've ever seen before, and they will only get worse in South Africa right now. If you've turned on the news, you'll see the floods there and the stuff that's happening there. And this will only get worse. And in Lagos, most of Lagos, I think about 60% um, of Lagos is actually below sea level. And we are protected from the ocean by the Western Peninsula and the, well, by the peninsulas on both sides. The peninsula, the Eastern Peninsula, which is where Lekki is, is basically already too, we've, we've messed around with it too much. We're trying to find a balance now and we don't even know where it will go. So it's offering very little protection to the states as is. You know. Then you also have, um, you have the Western Peninsula, which is still to a certain extent intact. 
you know, but even that has been degraded. We've lost three kilometers of our mangroves in the last 20 years. And, I, and mangroves are one of the things that not only do they hold the earth together, they, they, they help stabilize that whole area. Once they go, that whole area is exposed to erosion. And, you know, the, the, these peninsulas are, they are like natural dams. You know, you cannot really touch them because you just don't have enough, you can't put enough cement into the ocean to take, you know, to take the place of a peninsula. Yeah. So they are our only protection from ocean surge when it comes. And the lagoons around Lagos are what drain um, this thing. They are the receptacles that hold the water for us when there's a when there's a storm. And these are all threatened. We've we've embarked on a very dangerous craze of of producing new land for sale by dredging the um, the rivers to make them deeper. Um, you know which brings a, a, a greater flow of sediment from, from the rivers uptown into the lagoons, making the lagoons shallower, as you will see around Oroshoki and all that area, you know, and um, which means they hold less water during storms, which puts all of us under risk. The best way to see this is that everything you do right now um, endangers the, um, the earth. Just you wake up in the morning, you start your car, that's CO2 being produced. You open a bottle of Fanta, it's, you know, it's all gone. You know, it's everything we do endangers the earth. So we have to work out responsible ways for dealing with the earth. And, um, and all our problems can be traced back to our behavior and our connection with the earth. The herdsmen are running away from the north of the... Um, the north of Africa and are moving into the southern part of Africa. This, I mean, uh, to our own part, of, you know, southern part of West Africa. But this has been going on for ages, and it is climate change that is driving this migration. But we don't notice it because we do not attach everything to climate change. You know, so the best way to move forward or to consider this is for everything that one does. For us to try and link it to climate, to the climate, what is the effect that we have? Is it a positive or is it a negative effect? You plant a tree, it's a positive effect. You drive a car, it's a negative effect. So if you're going to drive the car, how many trees are you going to plant? That is the best way to look, to look at it. And whatever you do for the climate now, you can take it, this is on a governmental level, you can take it as a general insurance for your people. Because when, this, um, when the problems come, how are you going to handle it is what we really need to be thinking about. Are we prepared? You talked about dredging and reclaiming the land earlier. We're building the whole city on water. Um, um, a lot of reference has been made to Dubai in that regard. Uh, the economic um, impact it will have on uh, the, the nation and the country in the coming years, making room for the growing population. Uh, is there something completely wrong in reclaiming the land or perhaps there's just a more responsible way to do it? Well, actually, um, Eco-Atlantic City was, um, was, they needed to do that to protect Victoria Island. It was built to protect Victoria Island and, and the fodder and, and, you know, the, the problems that would have existed if, if they didn't do that. So in itself, that, the reclamation of that land 
has to be done with um, proper due process and, and to see things on a wider level. So the reclamation of, of um, so they had to do um, the Eco-Atlantic City because that is just what they did there was to return the land to how it was about 120 years ago, when in the first place we dredged the, um, the, the harbor of Lagos, the mouth of the harbor of Lagos to create the harbor. And that harbor created the wealth that is Lagos. So we now have to manage it. We changed nature 100 years, um, 1906, when we created the harbor of Lagos and we, we changed our own economic fortunes. You know? so we, and then we stopped maintaining it and we saw what happened. So now we now have to replace it and manage it and maintain it. So that was not the reclamation I was actually talking about. I was talking about more the kind of reclamation you see if you live in the like the Koshofa area, I think it is, you know, the Keja, all these areas and everything where there's a lot of new land that has been created by the dredging, um, by dredging of the rivers, because that's the Ogun River Basin. And this is the it's watershed that we live in. And and what you get there is um moss um, sediment going into the lagoons and you know, from up country and, and, um, and flooding this thing and um, making the lagoons shallower, reducing them the volume of water they can, they can hold during, during storms. But Eco-Atlantic is slightly different from, from that. Indeed. I'll get back to you in a short while to talk about um, the our culture of plastics, um, uh, how terrible it is, how long it takes to degrade and what we can do to begin to um, change that. There is what is called the great global cleanup. And I'm coming to you very quickly, Kenny. Um, it's a global campaign to remove billions of pieces of trash from neighborhoods, from beaches, from rivers, you know, lakes and places like that. And it's an effort to reduce waste and plastic pollution in a way to you know, improve the quality of life of people and prevent harm to wildlife as well as human beings. What do you think is the biggest challenge to achieving a change in lifestyle? Because you are in a public uh, vehicle, you still see people take pet bottle, consume the content, throw it on the, on the road. And the final destination definitely is the drainage. The drainages get blocked and then it rains before you know it everywhere is flooded. We talk about this year in, year out, but there's a big, there's a big challenge between what we say and what we have majority, what we see majority of the people do. How do you think we can bridge that gap? Um, a couple of things. I would like to start with education. People need to know of these things. Why we think that a lot of people know these things, to be honest, people do not know. So you have to like, get the word out to people that some of these active habits rather are unsustainable, you know, they are dangerous to our ecosystem. And uh, another thing is to provide alternatives. So when there are no alternatives, you know, what do you expect people to do then? Like people are drinking from pet bottles and you should ask yourself, if, we, if they don't drink from pet bottles, what do they drink from? So if there are no alternatives, people are likely going to stick to what they know or what is available. Then, uh, okay, like using of, like selling things with uh, polythene linens, and we know these things do not uh, degrade as fast as paper, but paper bags are costlier. So there's this 
perceived dilemma between choosing to develop, uh, choosing to you know, engage in commercial activities and choosing to conserve or preserve the atmosphere or the ecosystem. So people, okay, let's look at uh, development from the Global North now. So the Global North, let's look in, uh, particularly at uh, Europe during the 19th century, I guess, or 19th century, during the time of the, uh, what's it called now, industrial revolution. So Europe was able to harness the power of coal and use it to, you know, build, they built steam engines, built massive boats, with these boats they were able to, uh, you know, go across the Atlantic Ocean, go across, go to other continents, go to Africa, and colonize this part, and they're also able to, you know, uh, extract resources from this place, and they took it to their places to basically develop on what on fossil fuel. So fossil fuels basically fueled the development that we see in European nations, in uh, American nations through fossil fuel. Where you now come to global south, and we are trying to, you know, emulate this pattern of development, this unsustainable pattern of development. But then we still see that this unsustainable habits actually filled these other countries or these other places development. So if there are no alternatives, people are still bound to continue doing what they are used to, even though it is unsustainable, even though it's harmful. So the major uh, things I recommend are one, educate people on the harmful effects of those habits and provide alternatives because if there are no alternatives, persons will still have to do what they can do. So we all know that burning coal is dangerous to the ecosystem. But that woman in, let's say, Maiduguri, what else in a local place in Maiduguri, what else we should cook with? We should start cooking with uh, using gas is also it's also harmful. But what, what other option does she have? So those are my two recommendations. Educate people on the harmful effects of their habits and provide alternatives. This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable, and value matter. what are your thoughts in this regard? Okay, I would I would go with awareness and then trying to force the people to do it. I would use an example. There is this um, the, should I call it a movement? There is this movement that happened in Oka. They used they 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 had it was uh, I don't know what's their name, Aswama. Um, Oka State um, Waste Management, something, something, something. I've forgotten how they, how they call it, but it's called a swammer. They used three days to remove waste from, it was not waste, it was can. All these um, Coca-Cola can bottles, Fanta can bottles. They had a target of 5,000 bottles of which they used three days to carry 5,000 bottles. Imagine three days they were able to remove 5,000 from Oka Anambara City, just the capital city. And then what happens to o Onicha? What happens to Nebi where there are so, where there is, I, I go on the road every day, I go to work every day. And every day somebody is drinking Coca-Cola and they are throwing it outside of the, outside of the glass, outside of the car. And I'll be like, even if I'm to tell that person, 
don't do this next time. They will be like, why? Why shouldn't I throw? So they don't know. Some of these persons don't know. They are elderly. Women, the men, they don't know. They don't know the cause. This thing, they, they harm. These things are causing in, in, in the drainage system. Everywhere is dirty. Even if they pack it today, tomorrow water will still bring it back because everything is going inside the water. Everything is, and when there is no, when there is no drainage pattern, no, the drainage pattern are even low, shallow. The, the deep ones are covered with dirt and everything. So awareness should be done, both online, both in school, both from home, all these things. I went to Aquaribon recently. The city is clean. They had, they had, um, I, it was Uyo precisely. They had waste bin almost every, every junction. We went to one uh, field, one, one field. I, I, I don't know the field, I don't know how they call it, but it was a field where you could just go for a picnic party and something like that, and take pictures and stuff like that. At every, every path, they had a waste bin. So there, there was no way you would see something littered on the ground. Everybody's going to the waste bin to go and throw his or her death in that place. So if these things are put in place, like in my school, you have waste bin in the door, you have waste bin here, although people will still throw dirt on the ground. But when you keep ringing all these things, we, the youth, the children at home, your mother in the house, your father in the house, in the marketplace, you know that when you generate debt, be responsible to take your debt to the de designated place for where they throw those bin. Don't just litter it anyhow. So awareness should be done. Every man, every woman, every child should be responsible for the debt you create. Both your bubble gum, both your, your bob in the house. I, I see so many persons using this, um, this yellow bob. I, I, I don't like that bob. <laughs> One, it drains energy for someone that uses solar, solar installation, solar system for light. It drains, it drains energy. So if you if you're going to be using solar, you know that oh, you are going to buy energy bulb. Your fan should be energy saving. Your air, your air condition should be energy saving. Your TV should be low energy saving. So when when you're conscious of this thing, when I am conscious of it, you are conscious of it, the next neighbor is conscious of it. Everybody tends to use things that will save energy, that will save everybody will be responsible for his or her debt. Everybody will be responsible of the water. Uh, amount of water you use in your house, stuff like that. If this house is responsible for his own, this other house, the street will be clean, the city will be cleaned. So that's that. That's I think that's that's it. Thank Absolutely, you. Mr. Disu. Uh, there's a lot of talk about recycling, uh, about um, you know, um, she just mentioned efforts by government to reclaim all of these bottles and littering. Um, the environment but how sustainable is this sometime last year i saw some beautiful christmas trees made from plastic bottles uh, i have seen state governments paying some stipends to people who are able uh, to pack all these wastes but it does appear that the more we produce pet bottles the more people consume these products and the more we litter it and the effort at retrieving them isn't isn't as um, effective what are your thoughts about this? Um, it all depends on value. And this is something I've always been saying, you know, that it depends on how you value stuff. And, um, and the value of anything depends on the valuer. You know, we use nature because it is valuable. We abuse nature because it is free. You know, and we need to, that, you know, that was the UK parliamentarian said that um, recently we need to start um, putting a value on everything. You know, I, that is the only way out of this, you know, because if, there, if we have the right balance of value, then what you will get is people will be careful how they dispose of things. 
and how they use things, which is what I think um, the last speaker was, was talking about when she said, oh, she uses solar. So she understands the value there. And that is why she uses bulbs that are energy efficient and a fan that is energy efficient and all these kinds of things. So you have to ask who is paying at the end of the day. Without ecology, there is no economy. And people have to realize this. You know, and governments have to realize this and place the proper value for the environment so that they can manage it properly. If you do not assign a value to the water, the quality of water in Lagos, if you do not, if you do not calculate the amount of fish that comes out of that ocean and goes to us, if we have to buy all that fish, how much will it cost the city of Lagos to buy all that fish? If we do not calculate the amount that you know, the floods cost us, if we not calculate how much we will lose when ocean surge comes and stuff like that, then you cannot put a proper value in how to prevent these things from happening. And so we really need to work on how we value the whole ecosystem right now in Lagos State especially. How do we help people appreciate this value that you're talking about? It's government. The people don't have to, you know, you don't have to appreciate the value put on petrol or on, um, or on, um, uh, on, the, on your power. You have to pay for it. That's your part as a, sister, as a citizen. You have to pay for it. And so you either pay for it responsibly if government has set the right value. Like for example, now we all complain about the price of electricity but, it, but we know it is still cheaper than running a generator and well, we prefer it, you know? And so we work our way into getting to that system. And, you know, so it is government. Government has an incredible amount of power, you know, and they can, they can legislate. They, don't, they can legislate against all of these things. Government can stand up and say, no more plastic bags like they've done in Rwanda, in Accra, in um, this thing, in um, Senegal, in loads of places. No more plastic bags in the city, you know, or wherever. And that is it. They, it will be taken out. You know, they can say no more plastic bottles and that is it. It will have to be taken out. It's what government allows. Government is the voice of the people. Government is the power of the people. And so the people need to decide whether they want there to be a Lagos in 30 years or not. It's as simple as that really because all of this you know we need to address a generation the kids now in school they are the ones who are going to bear the brunt of all of this the kid it's child that was born today Absolutely. is the person who is going to bear the brunt and it is our duty mm -hmm. as the people who have enjoyed the um the benefits of plastic that we clean up after ourselves you go to a party, you clean up after yourself. And it's just as simple as that. We have to understand that. And if you are not prepared to be, to, to be clean, then Lagos, then you would not be able to live in Lagos. It's just as simple as that. You it's know? a pre-election year. And it's amazing that what you're talking about right now, as important as it is, might not necessarily be on the priority list for the electorate. People are thinking, how old is the contestant? What has it done in the area of economy? Is it corrupt or not? How much money does he have? I'm just wondering how you think the people can also influence um, government leadership to enforce that these things are being done. 
Well, we do it by things like this. We do it by things like this podcast, which is a voice for, um, for people to speak out. So, you know, because government has ears, government hears what the people are saying. So we need more people. Um, we need the youth to get on this because they are the, they are the people who vote. They have the, the numbers for votes. So we need to encourage the youth. We need to educate them. And we need them to be aware that they are in trouble because they are in trouble. You know, in 30 years time, they will be in trouble. When that ocean rises by, I, 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 have, been, I have been at low tide. I have been in the, I've been walking by the ocean and I've been walking four meters beneath water, beneath the sea level. And you can, and I've been walking there. That's the power of that peninsula. It can also rise four meters above the sea level. And when that happens, as you, I mean, any four meters is, on, is a two-story building. So you can work out what exactly will happen to most of Lagos when the ocean surge is, is up to two meters or, or this is, is two meters high, I mean, four meters high. The ocean is set to rise about, I think, a meter, which is already half of everybody's height by 2050. So you can just check what is going to be around and what is not going to be around in your area, because when the ocean comes, what's going to stop it? So young people, I'll take one last something for young people. Indeed. I'll take one last round and ask um, everyone to give um, the final comments on this one, particularly your commitment to what you would do to help motherhood um, this year in commemoration of the International Earth Day. And I'll begin with Kenny. Personally, I've been trying to conserve water. So I do not use more than I need. That's one. And two, the habit of reusing, the habit of recycling, uh, more of reusing than recycling though. These are habits that I've tried to take up personally, but, and you conserving of water. These are things that I am doing. And also educating people through my you know, Twitter platform, just telling people why you should care about the motherhead. Just like this you said earlier, you should always see the, um, the, uh, the environmental effects of everything, basically. So uh, trying, I'm trying not to take too much of your time. So I was going to talk about the drying up of Lake Chad and how it's also contributing towards insurgency in uh, northeastern Nigeria and other parts of uh, West Africa, looking at uh, Mali, looking at Niger, looking at Cameroon. I see environment uh, feels other things. Issues that affect the environment affect us in other ways. So men are losing their, uh, their their means of livelihood. Men used to be fishermen are losing their means of livelihood because the chat is drying up and they're taking up other means to survive. And sometimes other means might not be what you'd expect. They might be you know, criminal activities. And it's because of the economy of Mirada, because the atmosphere is being affected. As I said, when there is no uh, environment, there is no economy. These things, you know, they are pari passu, one or the other. So personally, I'm conserving water and I'm reusing and I'm recycling. Um, when you talk about water, you know, it yeah. just came to my mind that the challenge of not having running water from our taps is the alternative we have in sachet water and bottled water. And, you know, the indiscriminate use of that is perhaps contributing largely to the challenge we have with plastics. We're told that plastics take almost a thousand years to, to, to degrade, and, and that's really mind-blowing. 
we should not treat this world as if we have inherited it from our parents or from our, from our ancestors. Rather, we should treat it as a property that we borrowed from the unborn generation. And as anything that you borrowed, you are meant to return it back to them in good condition. So we should treat this earth as something that we're able to give to people in good condition. That would be my closing remark. Absolutely. And I think there's a, there's a huge need for climate literacy. I like what you said about thinking of the next generation. You know, that's perhaps the difference between the, the average and the great minds. So, you know, the average man thinks of what am I going to eat? Um, where am I going to live? What will I bequeath to my children in a few decades? But the great minds are thinking thousands of years after now will the planet still be in great condition. Melissa, let's have your, Melvina rather, let's have your closing remarks and your commitment to Mother Earth this year. Okay, so I was talking about energy. I am I'm, I'm okay with energy, so I would have to look into saving energy more from my house to my family's house. And I, I would also want to get my family involved. Yes, I've been, I've been talking about it since I became conscious of this energy issue and greenhouse gases. And so I would, I would get my family involved. If I do that, and Kenny here gets his family involved, and um, Sadisu here gets his family involved, Nifemi, Sadnefi, Nifemi gets his family involved, definitely we, that, that's a good change. That's a good change. So if you educate your family members on being responsible for the, for the waste they, they produce, the energy they save, and that's what they don't save, wasting of water and not wasting of water, it, it goes a long way. They, are, they become aware of that, and then they tell the next person. So that is what I'm going to do, and that's, that's what I'm doing, and that's what I'm going to do. And uh, my closing remark is, see the earth as your friend. See the earth as as something that gives back to you. Whatever you give back to you, that is what you give back to you. So give back good, do, do good things to it. So it will give back better things to you. I like what you said about energy. And I think I agree with Mr. Disu about the role government has to play uh, in all of this. Uh, the, the role government has to play. You know that since the advent of um, prepaid meters, people now pay attention to the energy they consume. If you're using a prepaid beta now, you can't possibly just leave your bulbs, your, your security light on during the day. You are also conscious that whatever you live on, you really now have to pay for it as against what used to be a, an estimated bill that comes at the end of the month. Mr. Disu, let's have your thoughts about this conversation and what your commitment is towards the World Health Day. Well, um, this, I run right on the beach, rightonthebeach.com, we're on all um, platforms. And it's, we, we have a festival in November, that's an environmental festival, where we bring in volunteers from the universities and from, um, and from all around to help us to perform simple experiments to provide the data that government needs to make the decisions that they need that they need to make to um, help them preserve our natural capital that's, is, that surrounds us in this, in this state. And we sell plastic neutral certificates 
by um, creating social plastic, which is which we do by um, cleaning up the beaches, basically in of the Western Peninsula, and we use the money um, created, we put it back in the economy. That's why we're a social enterprise to create scholarships and jobs for women and the youths in those areas. Me myself, I think um, you have to you have to separate your plastic at source. That is the most important thing your waste, you have to be aware of the waste you produce. And just and to separate your plastic as, as source is the easiest thing. You need three bins, one for compostables, one for nylon bags, one for PET bottles. That's all you need. And then you just get rid of them that way. Even if you put them out for the guys to carry, but you have done that, they will recognize that because they're recyclers. The government has provided so many things already. And they would recognize that and they will put it in the right place. They will know how they will get it to the right place. So awareness is very important. What do people are doing, creating the awareness is what is needed. And what we're trying to do, create the awareness and, you know, to target children because they are the ones who really need to know so that they do not inherit the bad habits of us, their parents, you know, and they can, they, they can, and, and they can change. You know, this is, these are um, very important things. It is, it is important that we realize that somebody has to pay. Somebody has to pay. There will be a bill coming from Mother Earth and you have to start preparing to pay for it. Thank you, Mr. Disu, for joining us today on the podcast. My we pleasure. We appreciate your time. Mavino Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. It's always an exciting time having this conversation with you. So change begins with you. And that's one thing that I've learned on this one, that everyone has a part to play. No matter how small it is, we have to protect the planet. And a big thank you to everyone who's chosen to listen to this. Thank you very much. And with Dr. Abba uh, continues next week with another exciting one. Bye for now, everyone. And me from you. All right, bye. Thank you. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma. Co-producer, Peter Amon Boyle. And it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoyen. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Dun Sokwa. Thinking Reimagined emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and, and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined Podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com or you can follow us on social media on live abundantly 8 thinking, thinking reimagined changing, changing the, mindset the mindset for a better global, global society, society.